We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto-Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to 50 bucks using the promo code GRINDERS. And if you get this, and you get this, and get this, get this, people, get closer. Get this. If you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses this week. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com and use the code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you don't follow me there on Twitter, joined by the man behind the numbers, the dials, the the buttons, the the hamster wheels at Advanced Sports Analytics, Stuart Gibson for a uh, for eleven game NFL slate coming up this Sunday. Uh, the thing that 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 stands out on this slate overall is that like all the top projected players for their price are pretty much all running backs. Like I'm looking through our projections that like we have a wealth of options at running back that project well. And obviously on DraftKings, you can only play three maximum in your lineup. Uh, on slates like this, with so many running backs to choose from, are you more likely to get different at running back or get different at wide receiver? Like it, as far as your stacks are concerned. Yeah, I think probably wide receiver. Like I kind of would liken this to that week we had, um, I don't know, it must have been what, two or three weeks ago uh, where there were just like four, four or so running backs that just popped up as kind of supreme value, figured to get pretty strong ownership. Um, 
And for the most part, like though those guys comprise the pool of uh, players that, you know, were part of the, the tournament winning lineups. Um, trying to think who that week was. It was like Connor was one of the letdowns who I had a lot of, and it was, um, well, I'm drawing a blank, but there was, you know, there, there was like three or four just like, you know, clear value running backs thrust into a starting role because injury to their starter. Um, Ingram was one of them, you know, with Houston. Um, and, you know, and we've seen this in the past, like with guys like Madison, where it's just like, rather than trying to, you know, you sometimes I think can, can fall into the thinking of like, well, you know, want to be different, want to, you know, fade, fade the chalk on this kind of value play. And I don't know. So sometimes it's just like, it, it's good chalk for a reason. Um, so I think being kind of tight on my running back pool and, uh, restricting it to some of the guys that stand head and shoulders above the field, uh, in terms of value, uh, is something I'm going to be focused on doing and yeah, try to differentiate with, um, stacks, uh, you know, pass catchers or potentially trying to combine some of those running backs that are in a solid pass game role, uh, with, you know, stacking them with quarterback and receivers. I think, uh, you know, you're likely to see a lot of these guys get plugged in as one-offs or part of secondary uh, type stacks. And there's a few of these guys that I'm pretty interested in as far as a uh, game stack uh, type play. Uh, so, so being willing to do that maybe is kind of a way to, to get different from, you know, the field, which is, you know, just going to play, uh, you know, Connor plus pass catcher or, you know, Gibson plus Moreau, uh, you know, stuff like that. Well, I pointed this out on the DFS pregame show, which you could watch on the Roto Grinders YouTube channel uh, every weekday at 11 o'clock in the morning. That if we take a look at our gridiron IQ projections currently, as they stand on uh, Friday at noon, uh, there are nine, let me make sure one, two, three, four, five, six, nine running backs that have a salary adjusted plus value of two points or higher. So we have Mixon at two, Eckler 2.35, Montgomery 2.35, Jacobs 2.74, Gibson 2.97, Henderson 3.35, Williams 3.72, Connor 4.18, and Taylor 4.56. In the wide receiver position, there are no wide receivers that have a salary adjusted plus minus value over two. We have Allen Waddle Godwin who are in the one to one and a half range. Then we got like Pittman, Jones Jr., Chenault, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, you know, Deontay Johnson, kind of that range around, you know, zero to the one, one uh, and a half a point. And then we have a whole bunch of people that are like minus a half, minus one, right? Now the difference in a wide receiver, you know, the difference of two points for a wide receiver is one catch for 10 yards. Okay, so in NFL terms, now at running back, people would think that, okay, well, we have I got nine options that are that are viable. So I'm more likely to fade one of them, because I think that with the amount of running backs that are viable, the ownership will be more spread out. We won't. I don't think we're going to see any running back with more than 25 percent ownership. We may see Taylor at 25. We may see Connor at low 20s, maybe Henderson in the round 20, Jamal Williams around 12, like, like nothing's going to be like head and shoulders, like 40% owned, but that's primarily because everyone could realize there's just so many options to play, right? Jacobs is going to be 10 to 12. 
Gibson's going to be 15 to 18. Eckler's going to be 15 to 18. Mixon's going to be 12 to 15. So people think it's like, well, I'm going to get different at running back. It's like, really? Are you really getting different at running back? I mean, like the combinations of three running backs you can make out of just like nine or 10 running backs are so much. But what's that? What, what's going what's gonna to happen is that the ownership at the wide receiver position is going to condense more because people are going to see Allen, Waddle, Godwin, those types of guys and go, well, they, they obviously project, you know, one or two points higher than so many of these other guys. But in the span of just like just random variants, like we have, uh, for instance, like Jalen Waddle at 6,400 at 24% projected ownership. Renfro at 5,800 is 8%. But the difference in salary adjusted value is less, is less than two points. So less than a 10 yard catch. So like I'm looking more at when to get different in the wide receiver spots, not because like there's a select group of like, I'm only going to play three or four running backs in all my lineups. No, I'm probably going to play like 10 running backs in all my lineups, but I'd be less inclined to play a lot of the over-owned wide receivers only because, you know, they project for two points higher. I think you could like, the, to me, there's no reason why, like Godwin at 6,600 is projected to be 25% owned and Jamar Chase is projected to be 6% owned with only a two-point difference. A two-point difference at running back amongst those top, you know, 10 players, like doesn't get you that much ownership. I mean, the difference between like, okay, I'm going to play uh, Josh Jacobs over Antonio Gibson. Well, Gibson's 16% owned and Jacobs 12% owned. Like, how much ownership discount are you getting there? Yet it's the same type of consideration you're having for a, like a Godwin and a Chase, right? Are you going to play Joe Mixon at 8,100 or are you going to play Eckler at 8,300? Well, they're both like 19, 18% owned. I mean, like you're not, you're not gaining that much by being that different at running back as long as you're taking one of like one of 10 options up at top. But I think there's a lot more value this slate into not like eating the chalk at wide receiver only because uh, these certain players are just like one or two points slightly higher projected than anyone else and is causing an ownership disparity of three or four to one. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, so it sounds like you're, you're more in favor of differentiating a running back than, than receiver. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, well, technically I'm, I think I'm, I think the better way of putting it is I'm, I'm more likely to diversify at running back. Meaning okay. that I'll play a lot, like I'm not going to play 50% of one running back. I'm just going to smatter these three, these three of these running backs in all my lineups, but I'd be more inclined to not play Keenan Allen as a one-off or Waddle as a one, like any of these top, unless they're in a stack. I'm like, to me, like I could see myself not having any Keenan Allen one-offs, but only in Cincinnati Charger game stacks. Waddle only if, if you even play the Miami uh, New York game stack. If you're, if you're don't play Godwin as a one-off, like to me, cause the difference of two points meeting wise, like, why aren't I just, why aren't I playing Justin Jefferson instead? Why aren't I playing? Why aren't I playing uh, Tyler Lockett? Like the difference yeah. between Godwin and Lockett is the difference of two and a half median points. That's it. So in the case of a one, a, a 15 yard catch, why should uh, Lockett be like, over like two or three times less owned than Godwin. So like that, to me, that's how I'm viewing it. That 
that it's not necessarily like, am I going to get different at wide receiver? Just that uh, I'm more likely to not have chalky wide receivers that aren't in stacks because the opportunity cost at wide receiver is not high, right? Because no one, like the efficiency of pricing in wide receiver, it's much more than at running back. But like at running back, it was like, oh, well, I'm not going to play Connor or Williams or Gibson or Jacobs or anything. I'm going to go down and I'm going to play a poorly projected uh, uh, Mike Davis, David Johnson, right? Miles Sanders, you know, like even Najee Harris at 7,700. It's like he has a salary adjusted value of minus 1.7 in our current grid iron, iron uh, IQ projections. But like, dude, there's like, there's like five, six, seven running backs that, project for four points higher than them than Najee Harris. And if Najee Harris is going to be 5% owned, dude, I'll take the four points and get a running back at 12%. Owned, right. Like it's yeah. not, it's not worth the, the, uh, the ownership discount at running back. So I'm going to stick to like the running backs in this range, but at wide receiver, just the opportunity cost is so much lower because mostly everyone is efficient. Yeah. You talk about like wanting or being more open to eating the chalky pieces when they are a part of a stack, you know, a correlative stack. Um, it does seem like some of these, you know, highly projected running backs figure to, to factor in like the passing game in a meaningful way. How do you think about, um, I guess, willingness to eat running back chalk and uh, potentially trying to correlate your exposure to those running backs with, I guess, other pieces of your lineup? Be it, I'm definitely be it with, willing to do that. I know I'm definitely, I mean, I think, cause I think less people will do that. I think less people will play a lineup like Wentz Taylor or Kyler Connor or Heineke Gibson or Stafford Henderson, like that type of lineup where instead of uh, pairing them with two wide receivers slash tight ends that I'm more likely to do quarterback running back wide receiver type of lineups, because I think it'll be a little bit more different where I'm still playing one of these range of, you know, 10 running backs, but I'm correlating that and then not playing that wide receiver one-off from that. That's too chalky. Like, yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely, it's absolutely viable, especially on a slate where like the spread between games is not that, not that dramatic. We have three games that have a 50 plus total, but you know, we have some at 47, 46, 45, we have some lower 43, 40. But to me, I think, there are going to be two standout games in ownership. And I'm not, I'm not, I've, I've run lineups and the projections between like the game stacks of a lot of these games are not that are not as dramatic, like between the top games and like the middle tier that I'm not sure if I'm willing to even eat the ownership there as well. So like, like we start like the most I've, Two most popular games are going to be uh, Tampa Bay at Atlanta and Cincinnati and uh, Chargers at Bengals. So starting with with the, the Tampa Bay game, so it's a 50 and a half total. Tampa Bay has the highest implied total on the slate, 30 and a half. Falcons 20. The Buccaneers are a 10 and a half point favorite. So we we look at we look at this game, and let me click over here to show we have Brady as uh, one of the two top, you know, basically Brady and Herbert two top-owned quarterbacks. Uh, pairing him, Gronkowski is 5,300. I don't think they raised his price high enough. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about Foster Moreau at tight end also. Uh, but it makes sense that, you know, playing 
Brady, Godwin, Gronk, and then like Patterson or maybe Gage or possibly Pitts. I almost feel like it's it's possible that the Buccaneers with this, you know, 10 and a half point spread, that who says you even need to play any Falcons players? I mean, it seems yeah. like anytime I roster a Falcons player, uh, <laughs> they fail unless it's Patterson. And those are the weeks that I don't roster. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does, does feel like a spot where you don't necessarily need to bring back. Like Tampa Bay is, you know, they're, they, they pass a lot kind of independent of game environment. So I don't know that uh, a, a Tampa Bay ceiling game from like a stack and kind of passing oriented standpoint uh, necessarily has to be coupled with like Atlanta, quote unquote, pushing Tampa Bay, like uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they'll pass independent of game script. So uh, definitely I think a fine spot to, to pass over bringing someone back. And uh, yeah, I think like to me, Pitts would be the most appealing bring back, but I am also very intrigued in Gronk uh, just because I think he's, you know, a lot of people are going to play Foster Moreau. Um, typically like double tight end, I don't think is a super strong like tournament strategy. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I guess if you find yourself rostering Gronk, maybe, you're okay with like leaving off an Atlanta guy, or maybe if you want to fill that tight end position with pits and then you could go like two Tampa Bay pass catchers. I've got like four net circled as a guy as one of these running backs. That's going to get uh, a good bit of ownership. Not, not like a ton. I don't think he's quite at the top tier, but uh, you know, I think a guy who factors in, in the pass game. Um, and then of course, by being a high kind of high spread projected to be Tampa Bay blowout, you get kind of some uh, exposure to his uh, running running potential uh, as well as kind of the correlated outcomes with Brady. Um, So I think that's like an interesting spot to look um, for, for maybe how to differentiate, like I think Fournette one-off should be pretty popular. Godwin one-off should be pretty popular. Godwin with Brady should be fairly popular, uh, but maybe trying to throw in something like Fournette plus Godwin or Fournette plus Gronk um, plus Brady, something like that. Uh, maybe it could be one way to differentiate because I don't think too many of those four net uh, lineups will, will be combined with Brady. Uh, let me just point it out. Godwin 6,600, Evan 6,700. In our current projections, Godwin projects for one and a half points more. The ownership is five times different. Yeah. So uh, like, so to me, this Evans. is, to me, this is an easy Evans one-off type of, like we're playing the stack, obviously, but like, like to me, if I'm not going to play Godwin as a one-off as chalk in the wide receiver spot, like it makes so much more sense to play a Gronk one-off or an Evans one-off or even Fournette or something, even though he's not in the top tier of running backs. Uh, and the Atlanta side, the Atlanta side, I, I just, Cordell Patterson with he's running back at 7,000, the amount of running backs that are on the slate. I know I say this almost every week. Like if he just, if he gets there, he gets, if he gets 30 points, just like, which is whatever, just whatever, dude, just, I just don't have them. Like, like yeah. he, 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 he doesn't touch the ball often enough. He's not on the field often enough. If he gets me, he gets, me. I mean, uh, that's how I view it. Especially on this slate where the, the, the opportunity cost of running back is very high to play a guy at seven K that projects as like the 16th, best running back on the slate well he doesn't project poorly but there's so many more that project better i just i i just don't play the guy 
Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I don't play him, but I, I think I can confidently say I have yet to be on the right side of Patterson this year. I think the few times I've played him have been like, yeah, one of those injury games or something. Um, yeah, uh, no, I think think a fine spot to just be content to go a Tampa Bay stack and, and not bring back. Um, yeah, if there were one guy to bring back that I'd pencil and probably be Pitts. Um, but I, I think, I think, I mean, how, how do you kind of just compare this game to the Los Angeles Cincinnati game? Um, okay. Well, let's, let's get, let's get into that then. Okay. Sure. So we, we got uh, chargers at Bengals. Uh, Bengals are favored by three. It's a 50 and a half total Bengals, 26.75 implied chargers, 23.75 implied uh, Herbert is going to be one of, if not the most owned quarterback on the slate, Keenan Allen is going to be one of the most highest owned wide receivers on the slate. Mike Williams is going to pick up ownership. We've got Higgins in double digits. We've got both Mixon and Eckler in double digits. Uh, I have this game as a minus due to ownership. Okay. Uh, due to ownership and also due to, due to the very, I think this is a high variance game. We have a t- chargers typically play fast. And the Bengals typically play slow, and they typically would prefer to run the ball. The Chargers also typically put up drives. They're not necessarily the biggest play type. They'll put together 14 plays on their drives. So this total is at 50 and a half, which I think it could still get there. But I think the ownership is leaning more towards the side of a shootout. Well, I think the variance of how this game could play out if the Bengals control the game is that maybe there aren't as many plays as we think in this game. You know, Mixon has 28 touches, right? That type of game, and it goes under. And with the ownership on this game, with Herbert, you know, Herbert Allen Williams, Herbert Allen Cook, you know, type of things with Higgins as a runback, with Mixon as a runback, with Chase as a runback. And then you also got the other side, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Keenan Allen, like, there's no, like to me, the stack wise, to stack four guys from this game, you're eating ownership no matter where you go. So those points combined, I put this as, as a minus. I mean, it's not a bad game to target. I just think compared to the ownership, uh, I'm, I don't see a way to get different enough. And is it worth what, what, what these ownership numbers are? Cause I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got, the the LA side is just kind of more or less meh, like you know, break even type 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 setup. Um, usually when I see you know high owned team that not like super excited to play. So like I I was curious to hear kind of how you see them in comparison because like I see Tampa Bay as a high owned side that I'd be very you know interested I guess in playing, and LA is high owned side that I'm not like uh, super excited to play, but our numbers aren't showing as like you know uh, faded all cost type thing. And when that's the case, you know, I feel like probably just prefer to be underweight on a high owned team that not super excited to play. Um, yeah, I think you hit yeah, the nail no, on I'm, the head. I'm with, I'm just, to, just to point it out, Stuart, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, have, I have Tampa Bay as slightly positive. So not like yeah. highly positive, but slightly positive. And I have the Chargers as negative. So like, I'd be much more inclined to play even, even, even at high ownership, playing Brady, Godwin, Gronk, than playing Herbert, Allen Williams. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it really just comes down to like pace the two teams, right? Like Cincinnati, super slow, second slowest team in the league, 
um, as far as time elapsed between plays. Chargers, fastest team in the league. So um, we've got a, a slight positive score on Cincinnati. Uh, I think just in general, it's, you know, even like thinking about basketball, back to like basketball, you know, I, I typically like playing slower teams that are going up against opponents that might force them to play faster because, you know, baked into, you know, DraftKings is pretty good about the pricing and all, but for, for the most part, you know, players uh, prices uh, kind of are the, the field's understanding of their projectable performance is kind of likely tied to their historic, you know, game log kind of prior distributions. And, you know, you got a team that usually is playing slow and kind of scoring under the conditions of this slow team that Cincinnati is all of a sudden sped up. Uh, you know, you could project uh, a few more plays. So, yeah, I'm modestly intrigued in the Cincinnati side. Um, but, yeah, have uh, certainly certainly a minus in comparison to the Tampa Bay-Atlanta game. I um, think that you're just going to get similar ownership and, like, just a, a better a better spot with Tampa Bay than, than you have with either of these two sides. Okay, so let's get into some of the other games. So what's another game on the slate that you have as a plus? Yeah, so – was um did the show this morning with uh pete on his gpp show and we we built a lineup um around one of the i think is going to be a pretty chalky running back but trying to figure out how to fit that running back in with a uh maybe more differentiation and kind of in a correlated but not super high ownership play um not super interested in the detroit side but i do like you know jamal williams as a possible bring back to the minnesota stack um i think just in general this game has some real appeal um, again, not so much on the Detroit side, but you know, it's a cool way I think to get like correlated uh, lineup that is centered around the passing attack that you want and get exposure to a running back that I think is like a perfectly viable play as kind of a running back that could do well um, in like this sped up kind of push the, push the game type way. Now I'm, I'm with you here. I have the, I have the Vikings passing stack as a plus. And not necessarily Jefferson and Thielen, but more likely to use Conklin in the tight end spot to keep that stack cheap. So Cousins plus one of Jefferson or Thielen plus Conklin and then run that back with Jamal Williams. So you're like you said, Jamal Williams is going to be one of the chalkier running backs, but it's more likely to be played non-correlatively. So if Jamal Williams has a big game, you know, a 20 plus point game, well, that means the Lions probably we're, we're in the game. And, you know, they're playing in, they're playing in the dome, right? They're playing in Detroit. Uh, and Jefferson, I mean, the, all these Minnesota guys, outside of Jamal Williams, this game is not going to be owned. This, this is all single digit owned. Uh, why, why can't it? I mean, this game has a, what, 46, 47 total. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. And, and it's not necessarily because I like Williams. I think, even if you don't play Williams, why can't you do like Cousins, uh, Jefferson, Hawkinson. Conklin, and then like Honkinson or Reynolds or, you know, like one of the Detroit. I mean, that's, I mean, now you, now you're, you know, Josh Reynolds is not a, you know, a, <laughs> that appealing of a play, but he's 3,400. And if you're going to punt somewhere, why not punt, punt with something that's uh, correlated to your line? Yeah, no, no. I, I like this game a lot. I mean, what is it? It's gotta be a top, top four or so game total on the, Slate, yes. Uh, number five. Yeah, okay, just outside of there. But um, right. yeah, I mean, just very, and a half. Right. Very, very, very clearly just like the lowest ownership at kind of that game total. I think all, all the games that are uh, above it in total are just likely to get way, way more ownership. Um, and this kind of feels like that 
that nice sweet spot of you know good to good total with um relatively low ownership so so i like that spot okay i got a plus for you and you're not going to be surprised by it because th this team is my is, is is my browns right you're <laughs> always with the browns seemingly over the past you know three years and i tend to be over on the raiders so i'm looking at this uh washington las vegas game being played in las vegas in the dome right uh, Foster Moreau is going to be one of the most popular players on the entire slate with Waller out $2,700 punt tight end. Uh, Gibson is going to generate a lot more ownership now with uh, McKissick out. Uh, so he may be close to 20%. The thing is, is that how, how about everyone else? So like, I think it's more likely people play Gibson and Moreau, but they don't play Carr and Renfro. They don't play Brian Edwards. They don't play Terry McLaurin, right? Who says Terry McLaurin 74? I mean, dude, McLaurin can go six for 120 with two touchdowns in any game. So why can't I play a lineup that's – I can play both sides. I have no problem with Carr plus Renfro plus Moreau and then Gibson and Mc, or McLaurin as the run back. But I also don't have a problem playing Heineke plus McLaurin plus Thomas. Don't use Moreau and use Renfro as your run back or Jacobs as your run back. I think uh, for the total of this game and the way that these players are projected – the only players in, in double-digit ownership right now in this game are Gibson, Jacobs, and Moreau. So, you know, what, why, why not this game? So I, I have this game as a plus. What, what do you have it as? Um, we have it as a minus. We, we're projecting a good bit higher ownership on Carr. Um, I guess the thinking being that, obviously, like Moreau stands out, great value, and I think uh, – I would expect a, a good bit of people will just go ahead take the, I don't want to necessarily call Moreau a free square. Cause I think, you know, tight ends, you know, pass catchers are kind of less free square than, than these running backs. But um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are going to just take Moreau and then figure, you know, might as well play the quarterback that's going to be throwing to him. Um, but what about, what about my contrarian take of, dude, you do the opposite stack where you're not taking Moreau, but you're taking, you're taking Heine. So you're taking, yeah. you're basically the two highest owned players in the game are Gibson and Moreau, but you're taking Heineke, McLaurin, Thomas, and Jacobs or Renfro. So you're still taking the game, yeah. but those chalk pieces fail. Yeah, that makes, to me, that makes uh, a lot more sense. And um, yeah, I do, do prefer actually like the Washington side of things. And I'd even be fine with doing like Heineke, McLaurin, Moreau and, you know, I guess you're going to just have to try to get different uh, elsewhere. You know, I think McKissick, uh, sorry, Gibson could be one of these running backs. Typically, he's like a guy that I don't want to stack with Heineke, but with no McKissick, um, you know, maybe doing something like Heineke, Gibson, Moreau, McLaurin, you're, you're obviously getting, you know, the, the Gibson-Moreau combo, I think is going to be real popular, but uh, I, I don't know that too many people will try to pair him, pair them with Heineke, Moreau, McLaurin, fairly popular a little less so um yeah interesting i mean just going no moreau but just stacking like uh yeah renfro and edwards um i think i think that could make good sense i mean it's tough though i mean the, like the price on car has come up a little bit um i i, I guess it's not prohibitive I it's 6k it's not that yeah bad. no right it's not prohibitive but um i don't know just feels like it's up a, a bit and uh i do kind of think of washington as a Somewhat tough spot. Um, I, I would say I'm probably less bullish on this game. I mean, I, 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 I can confidently say that I'm probably uh, less optimistic uh, on this game than you are. But, uh, 
Yeah, I certainly think the, the way you're describing of attacking it makes a good bit of sense. And uh, I guess I would just be wary of like a car Moreau, Renfro, Gibson, or Carr, uh, Renfro, Moreau, uh, McLaurin. I, I just, well, I guess McLaurin's I could see... barely going to be owned. I don't think you have to worry about McLaurin. Yeah, right. I guess it's Gibson is kind of the the, the one that, um, you know, Moreau and Gibson, I think are just going to be two, two high owned guys. And, um, you know, that obviously like two correlated guys at high ownership could, could burn you if you're off them. But if the game as a whole fails and, you know, all these, all these people that have kind of that combo um, are pairing those players together, you know, cor- being, being on correlated plays, of course, can be good. And we talk about that a lot, but sometimes uh, fading high owned correlated plays can give you, you know, really like turbo turbocharged route to jumping uh, large portions of the field. So should that kind of correlated pair fail. Um, so uh, what game? What game does stand out? Other, I mean, obviously you have the, that game as a minus. What is what? What is the another game that you have as you would consider to be a minus based on you know expectation versus ownership? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I guess uh, to me, uh, I, maybe we're just a, a touch high on Jacksonville ownership, but I could see uh, a good bit of people like wanting to get access to Cup and Henderson and such, but you know, thinking, all right, well, Stafford's priced pretty efficiently and, you know, I don't want to do the obvious thing. So I'm going to be, you know, sneaky and do like a Lawrence Treadwell cup or, you know, Lawrence um, LaVisca cup or Henderson type thing. And I don't know, to me, like if I'm going to play that game, I think I'd probably just rather try to find ways. I haven't, I haven't tried to build the lineup, so it might be prohibitively expensive, but I, I think I would probably prefer to try to find ways to jam in like Stafford cup um, and then bring maybe someone back on the Jacksonville side. Uh, but I, I could see a, a, a good bit of people trying to take the creative uh, Jacksonville side. And I think that's like a spot I would like to be uh, under on. I, I got, I got this game as a minus also, right? I got this game as overowned, especially on the Jacksonville side, right? With these cheap receivers, because there's not much value at wide receiver. There's really the value of wide receiver is very thin. So you know, with Jones at 4,700, Chenault at 4,400, Treadwell at 3,200, like people are going to the ownership's going to go there for like a like a you know one off play or possibly a Lawrence stack or something. And I'd rather bet against it. I mean, it's the Jaguars. I, I mean, the Jaguars don't. What's their team total? It's they can't. I mean. The Rams, 30.25, Jacksonville, 17.25. So, like, how much how much ownership should be going into a team with the literally uh, second lowest? Because the Giants now have the lowest implied team total with Glennon starting. Uh, yeah, I don't find it. Uh, to me, if the field wants to roster a stack and a game with one side having a 17 team total, to me, I'll just let them do it. Maybe you could play some of these guys as one-offs. Maybe. Yeah, sure. But I don't think about playing four guys in the same lineup from this game. Yep. Agree with you there. Uh, Any other big minuses that you have circled? Uh, I got Indianapolis uh, Houston as a minus. Uh, I see the value in leverage in this this spot. Right? Taylor's going to be high-owned, so why not play Wentz, Pittman, Doyle and run it back with Cooks? Right? But Cooks is going to get ownership also. 
why not play Tyrod Taylor, right? Right? I mean, but it's just that I these offenses are, to me, very spread, right? Pittman may be the alpha, but, I mean, you still got Hilton there. You still got Zach Pascal. You got Mo, You got the tight ends. Uh, Taylor catches balls out of the backfield. Then on the on the Houston side, Nico Collins and Fab Farrell Brown, David Johnson. I mean, that to me, you know, I think a lot of people may play Taylor plus Cooks or something as a secondary correlation. But from a projection standpoint, even though the other guys in this game are lower owned, I'd rather the same type of ownership is on the pass catchers in the in the Minnesota Detroit game, and I'd much prefer the Minnesota Detroit game than than this this Colts Texans game because then it gets to the same thing what we said about the Jaguars how many people from a game do you want from a team that has a 17 implied team total right to me it's the type of thing of take Taylor as a one-off take Pittman as a one-off and just be be done with it you know the Colts score you get you get 20 plus points from someone and and you're done but I think that it's not like this is going to be a high owned stack but I just think it'll be an over owned stack yeah yeah. And two other sides that I have is again not high owned, but just I think gonna be over owned. Uh I think a good bit of people will try to do like a Philly type stack. And I think to me that's a spot I would like to be well under. Um, you know, just I, I get that like Hertz is kind of an exciting fantasy player, but it's just I don't really see how this game works out in a stackable way, just given how run heavy Philly is and um Pittsburgh, Baltimore as well. I could see like, again, not a ton of people going to, but a decent amount of people going to just spot. I'd kind of like to just be completely off of if, uh, even if it's going to get, you know, uh, you know, 5% of teams or so are going to, you know, three to 5% of teams are going to stack, like just good with having none of those. Right. That, that the only interesting part of that game that I like is Chase Claypool. He doesn't project all that well, but I think Deontay Johnson's going to get a fair bit of ownership in that game. Not many other players in that game will, but negative correlation to Deontay Johnson would be Chase Claypool to me. Like, yeah. I don't want, and, I, and, the, and you would say, oh, how about Najee Harris? But remember what I said in the very beginning, like the opportunity cost at running back is high. So I don't want to play poorly projected running backs. I don't mind playing poorly projected, poorer projected. Not, so Chase Claypool is not poorly projected. It's just that he's like two or three points lower than some of the, you know, the top 20 wide receivers. But I'm more likely to, if Deontay Johnson's going to get 20, 22% ownership and Chase Claypool's going to get 3% ownership, like why not, why not play Claypool instead of Johnson? But I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking to play, you know, a Ben Roethlisberger stack here. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, I, I've kind of have a good bit of minuses this week, but like, in doing my initial stuff, like I'm just getting a ton of Brady and Cousins stacks. I mean, and, and kind of struggling to find other pluses that I'm legitimately excited about. I mean, you know, I feel like we've we've gone through most of the games as kind of minuses or overowned. Uh, curious to yeah, hear. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with I'm with you. No, I went looking at this late. I ran through lineups earlier today. Uh, yeah, it's to me this is more about avoiding minuses than finding the pluses. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, that's why I'm looking at this going like, I don't mind playing a lot of Tampa Bay. Like I, like, I really like a lot of these games. I just look at and go. Yeah. Eh. Like San Francisco, Seattle. I go, eh, no, Arizona, Chicago. 
No. I mean, the Giants-Dolphins game? No. I mean, like, yeah. Like, I just like, so I, I'm going to be focused on a lot. I mean, to me, I'm going to be focused. I'm going to, from the looks of it, I'm going to have a lot. My stacks may be very condensed this week on Tampa Bay, on Washington and Las Vegas, even though you have it as a, as a minus. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, right? I mean, on the, more of the yeah. Minnesota side. Right, right. And then and then just like rotate through a lot of like the running back, all those 10 running backs, just like rotating three of them through lineups. And then the one-offs and all those things, just don't take off that, take out a group of the highest owned wide receivers and just group them out and say only in stacks and then just run through and hopefully I get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like t- Tampa at the ownership that they're projecting at is kind of, a spot I feel like more weeks than not would prefer to be off of, but yeah, I mean, look, sometimes, sometimes you got to kind of be condensed when there's just a lot of stuff that you're not interested in. Like, don't, don't be, don't be like diverse just for the sake of being diverse. Like if the diversification options just like aren't appealing, you know, I, I, I but you could uh, be, but, but Stuart, I'm being diverse because all those running backs and all that, I mean, like, it's like my player pool this week, maybe bigger than any other week this season yet i may only be playing it as a game stack in the in a lineup of nine slots only three different games but that means i have a defense and you know four other spots to fill those four spots as as one offs or secondary correlations are going to be very diverse yeah right right okay so yes rather than diversifying at essentially quarterback which is the position where people choose to kind of diversify the most or i guess you just you, you see the flattest ownership you know uh, uh and more or less quarterback kind of defines the 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 i guess flavor of your stack if you will being willing to be fairly condensed there and yet yeah, just have you know combinations of a pretty diverse mix of players as kind of one-off secondary stacks or uh you know certainly with with tampa i think you could go a, a number of different ways with your stack so uh, sometimes there's weeks where it, it feels tough to you know, allocate lineups to Tampa Bay because of the number of combinations you have to get. But this feels like a week where there's not really other places I would like to spend kind of those extra allocations to, you know, possible Tampa Bay combinations. So maybe a week to, to be comfortable doing that. You know, what's, what's uh, similar about all three games that I'm targeting? They're all in the dome. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Especially when it's December and it's get cold outside, right? Yeah, that is true. Uh, I guess, let's see, Jets, that could be cold. It's a pretty nice day, though, here in New York. Sunny, but cold. Either that I used or I used the Blitz projections too much, and they love, the Blitz loves the domes. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, yeah, I mean, it's getting that time of year and, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. I I haven't really begun to look at weather um, for the weekend, but, yeah, it is getting that time of year. Looks like we don't have, I guess, Pitts, you know, it's not quite quite that late in December. And, you know, the usual suspects, you know, the Packers, Chiefs, uh, Buffalo, not quite main slate this week. But it's, yeah, it's uh, snow season, you know. Right. But you could always check out the weather report on Roto-Grinders with, uh, with Kevin Roth. So go to rotogrinders.com, Check out the weather if you, if you, if you want to take a look. And uh, you could get uh, all of uh, all of Stewart and Advanced Sports Analytics, you know, the stats for the slate all those 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 optimal percentages in in your sub stack 
right? You're going to be sending that. I'm assuming you're sending that out uh, probably right after the show. Yep. Yeah, going to uh, type it up and uh, make some adjustments. We haven't updated for uh, you know, projecting Glennon in as starter. So want to update that. Um, but yeah, then we'll, we'll run that through, type something up, send it out uh, this afternoon or evening, depending your time zone. Um, and we'll be tweeting that out once it comes out. So uh, just follow us on Twitter if um, you're interested to, to know when that drops. And you can follow on Twitter, AS Analytics DFS. You can follow Stuart at Start Gibson, me at Blender HD. And, uh, and uh, if you're on FanDuel, we obviously got uh, the, the OGs League. So if you're not playing on that, you know, with Beer Makers fan and Head Chopper and Notorious, go and always sign up every week for that, uh, that contest for week 13. Like and subscribe on your way out the door of watching the show. Give me the thumbs. Give me the subscribe button. Give me the notification bell to know when we go live on this channel. So for Stuart Gibson, I'm Jordan Cooper, and this has been another edition of the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on rotogrinders.com.